Yo, yo, what's up, what's up, y'all? It's your host with the most, so have a toast. Leader Johnson, you are in the file of Leader Sports Podcast. And yo, we got a lot to talk about with them sixes, man. Them sixes is ready. I think the, the revamping part and how fast it happened, you gotta, the first thing I'm gonna say is Elton Brand, rifle choice to stay because when Elton Brand came, everybody wanna dog him. Philly will dog you as soon as they love you. When first Elton Brand came, oh, we got the trades for Jimmy Butler. We got Tobias Harris. Oh, look at him. He made the deals for Josh Richardson and Al Horford. Soon as stuff don't turn out the way they think. Oh, he's a bum. What are you talking about? Elton Brand pulled triggers. More than any Billy King, any general manager we've seen in a while. I mean, I can't even. Really, if I'm thinking about it, you know, I started watching the Sixers back when Barkley was playing back in 19. I started watching basketball real heavy in 91 when Jordan won his first championship against the Lakers. You know, it was around the time Dream Team, you know, around them time Dream Team was coming around. Giants had to retire at age and all that with the announcement. And, you know, it was a big time in sports. You know, Dream Team to me still the best put together basketball team ever. All right. But listen, the first Dream Team. But, um. Now you got Maury, who Maury going to make it happen. Like, this is what he do. He goes and he gets people. That's just what he does. I mean, ask Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. I mean, he pulls triggers. Eric Gordon, he goes and gets players to make the team better. What do you want? Okay, this is what we're going to do. All right? Now, the NBA draft is what I want to first talk about first. And, you know, with the 21st pick, they got Tyrese Maxey. Now, you know I write for 247 Sports. I'm highly into the recruits and where they are and how they play and all that. Now, Tyrese Maxey was number 10 in the nation. He was a third-ranked combo guard. So, everybody talking about, oh, he just he's going to be the point. If you're stuck on where you think he's really going to be at, no. He's a combo guard. Tyrese Maxey's 6'3". He's 185. He was the second-best player in Texas. In the 2019 class. So we're talking about a, a beast. I remember him and uh, R.J. Hampton used to battle it out. R.J. Hampton in his draft class also coming from Texas. You know, another guy. He was one of the guys. Villanova was recruiting him, Tyrese Maxey. So, you know, I, I, I recruit. You know, I do the analyst work for Villanova. And uh, he was one of them guys that was just, you know, he was one of the highest recruits out. Quick, fast, great dribble. I was on, shout out to my boy Rich Dollars. We was on, we was on there. He was like, man, how are you going to compare him to Steph Curry? Listen. I said as a scorer, and you know, what I mean by that, see, y'all have to clarify things, I understand that, I understand it. Tyrese Maxey, Curry got dribbles, he got some dribble for you, Tyrese Maxey got handles, he also can drive to the hole like Curry can, and then when he shoots, he has unlimited range where he wants to shoot. He's hit it from well beyond the three-point arc. He don't care where he pull up at. He can be on the side. We know he shot 29% from the field. But you can't judge guys like that, man. You can't. You don't know how these college guys are going. Because if you look at Cole Anthony, you look at RJ Hampton, you look at LaMelo Ball, all the guys that people look at, they all had bad three-point shooting percentages. But these guys can all light it up. Once they get to the NBA, 
They groom. And when you when you on teams like Kentucky, let's just start with that one. Kentucky has a bunch of five stars. They're spreading the ball around. You know, it's like a rush to kind of be you. He scored 14 a game. He showed how electric he was, how his ups. He's, another thing, I think he's a more aggressive Steph Curry. He can shoot from the outside. As soon as his game develops and really finishes, and it won't even be a finished product, but you're going to see how Maxi plays. Maxi can shoot from anywhere. Anywhere, he can shoot from anywhere. He's a scorer. He's a scorer scorer. You know, you can say Catino Mobley. You can even put some AI on him because of how his handles are, how aggressive he is going to the hole. He's one of those comparisons. Some people say Lou Williams, and I say Lou Williams. Well, Lou is good, but Lou ain't as aggressive and as athletic as Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey, when you see him in the eye test, you don't think he's even going to be that aggressive and athletic. He can dunk over you and dunk hard. You know, so I, I, in my opinion, if I had to be all around, you really want to talk about how he is? Uh, another guy you compare him to is Jamal Crawford. You compare him to Jamal Crawford. No doubt. You compare this guy to Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford is a scorer, scorer. Like, he's a scorer. But he ain't got no... None of these guys is dunking on people like he would. Like, none of them. None of these guys are dunking like these guys would. So, in all honesty, in fact... I mean, like Tyrese Maxey was. So, honestly, in fact, man, he's a different type of little guard at 6'3". He really is. He has great handles, and he can he can rise above you. If he wants to, he can he come at you. You can give him alley-oops. But when he's scoring, when that man on, listen, in the tournament, he's a little, you know what I mean? In, in the second part, when he goes against, when you look at Tyrese Maxey against top 25 teams, he shot 40%. So he performs big when it's time to get down. And of course, Tyrese Maxey, a young guy, is, is forcing shots up. His first game was phenomenal. Big time game. Big time game. Big time debut against a big time team, Michigan State. Anybody remember that? He was four for five in, in two pointers, right? Seven for 12 from the field, three for seven from three pointer line, nine for 10 from the free throw line. He had 26 points and five rebounds. Everybody went crazy. Oh, this Tyrese Mack. That's when the draft stock of Tyrese Maxey went through the roof. He was already a first-round pick coming out of high school. Top 10 recruit. You're getting a guy that when I first saw him play, I was like, dang, this guy is sick with it. I hope no forget him. You know, I was talking to him. He was just like, yo, I mean, we was real busy because people were all over him. He was talking about Nova, but... Nova was recruiting them, but guess what? Kentucky moved in. You Nova moved out. They saw that wasn't going to be a move. So I'm going to have to be unbelievably real with you. In this instance, getting Tyrese Maxey, we know it's, you know, it's going to be, he's not going to be the starter first. He's not going to be the starter first. Seth Curry, who I'll get into the free agent acquisitions later on, is going to be that guy. But Tyrese Maxey is going to be groomed to be that shooting guard. And the great thing about getting Tyrese Maxey is that he has played point guard. He has good dri- See, now there's a secondary ball handler. That's what everybody wants to see around Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons can play another way. Everybody's saying small forward, power forward. What's wrong with y'all? Ben Simmons is playing the, the point guard position. Shut up. Stop. What's wrong with y'all? 
He is not going nowhere but point guard. He's a mismatch, no matter if he can shoot or not. He can guard the point guard. If your best point guard is a shooter, guess what? He's guarded the best of them, all of them, from Kimball Walker to Steph Curry, and gave him problems, gave him hell. Hell. I'm talking about elite scores, elite players. He's, 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 he's had triple-double battles against LeBron. He don't care about y'all telling him he can't, he can't shoot. Or, well, he shot the three-pointer before. He just doesn't, you know, he doesn't wear himself down on trying to be this shooter that y'all want him to be. That could come later on. That's, that's what the evolution, but he's not rushing himself. And I think with Doc, Doc will groom him into that. Give him plays. Tell him to shoot. I think he needs to shoot. I do. I think he needs to shoot because he can shoot. I think that's just something that's not a part of his. Never been. It's never been since he got in college. Not really super a part of his game. It's not really. You know, even though he wants to add it, he practices it before games. It's not in his repertoire yet. But as a, as a young guy, you get a coach to tell him, "Listen, we need that. Set up plays for him to where that three pointer is used at all times. Tell him to listen, shoot it." When you get right there, shoot that. Need a coach like Doc Rivers. He's been the point guard. You need a coach like Doc Rivers around guards. They have a lot of shooters. Doc Rivers was a shooter. We need a guy that understands the guard position to tell Ben what to do. He got to be, I mean, any coach would just be drooling at the uh, 6'10", all defensive, all NBA player. Young, two-time All-Star, 6'10", point guard, passes like Magic Johnson. Body like LeBron James. It's going to be on. Now, Tyrese Maxey gives you that chance to have the ball. You bring it up the court. You learn the playbook. And Ben Simmons can be in the post. Ben Simmons can be, you know, about 10 feet, 12 feet away from the basket. Get him set up to make shots. Get him set up to play the post. Get him set up to shoot a three. Tyrese Massey can do that now. Now you got a guy that can really handle that basketball. And the crazy part is he can drive to their hole and get fouled a lot. That, that's, I think that's the big thing. He's going to be able to drive to their hole and get fouled a lot. That's going to create more scoring opportunities. What you get is a guy. He averaged 14 points. Four rebounds, 3.2 assists. Now, we know he shot 42% from the field and 29% from the three-point line. But he also shot 83% from the free throw line. So, he's the type of guy who's he's going to score. He is going to score. There's nothing you can do about that. He had 49% of his two-pointers. He's going to score. I think the big thing you get... You think about the type of player he is per 40 minutes. That's 16 points, five rebounds, 3.7 assists. Now, if you get this man the ball, we're talking about 20 points a game, easy, 22 points a game. What I mean by giving the ball, give him like 100 possessions a game. Get this man the ball. That's 23 points a game. And the NBA, he's the type of guy I could see scoring 25 a game on you at his peak. Give him, give him three years. 
He'll climb up to that point where he's just gonna be a he's gonna be a cook artist. And what's good about this, him putting him with this team is like, okay, you put him with teams that like they're, they're they're not playoff teams, and he's gonna be able to roll around and be talented, and he can still be a good player, but he'll be a better player because he's around guys like Joel and B, Ben Simmons, veterans. You're in the playoff atmosphere, uh, uh, people that understand your scheme of play and want to make you better like Doc, like they're just going to, he's just in a great position. You're around nothing but great players. Then he's with, um, he's with Clutch. I mean, he's with Rich Paul. So now you're around Ben Simmons and LeBron James. And now y'all both are on the same team. That's going to be crazy. A, a backcourt of the future. That's going to be ignorant, ignorant. Now you go to Isaiah Joe. Now listen, I was, I used to live in Arkansas. I was raised there. And Isaiah Joe was Mr. Basketball in Arkansas. They love Isaiah Joe to death. To death. Um, once Joe committed to Arkansas, it was just, the limit was the sky. The limit was the sky. He's a shooting guard. And he, and he got size. Like, he's 6'5". So you can like put him between three and, and the two and the three, because he's long like that. He was the hundred seventy rated hundred and seventieth rated player in the nation when he came out. Thirty seventh ranked shooting guard, second player out of Arkansas, out of Fort Smith, uh, Arkansas. I mean Isaiah Joe was a a gift, and they wanted him too. He was a priority, <laughs> like. It wasn't like he was just there and said, oh, it's a guy we worked out. They gave him a promise. When you give somebody a promise, people want you. Isaiah Joe's first season, he scored 13.9 points a game. He hit 41% from the three-point line, 41% from the field, 75% from the free throw line. But his second season, as you get, he shot a little bit more. You know, um, he shot around, <laughs> the year before that, he shot eight three-pointers. Around here was almost 11 in, in his sophomore year, right? He shoots 89% from the free throw line. That's deadly. He shot, he scored 16.9 points a game, four rebounds. Now, he shot 36% from the field, but shooting three-pointers like that, it happens, you know, because he shot 44% from the uh, two-pointers. A guy like this can really be dangerous, man. And we're talking about off the bench, like we're just going to see how much time he gets, he could get some G League time, but I really believe, honestly, I mean, I think he gets G League time. No no question. I, we'll just see where that goes because I, I it's going to be hard to kind of like throw, but I, I think he'll definitely get NBA time. But G League time is definitely coming because it's going to be time where he's not going to be able to, to play. So you're not going to want him to waste himself. You're going to want him to stay sharp, stay shooting. I mean, this was a good pick. You get you another shooter. I'm not talking about a shoot. This guy can really cook. So I say you can't pay attention to percentages because Max only played one year. See, if Joe's first year, he had 41% from the field. But he went down the next year. Shooters shooters do that. Shooters can shoot themselves out of games, and they can shoot themselves good one year, and they shoot so much, it can be bad the next year. It just happens like that. When you throw shots up like that, shooters can do that. Not all shooters do it, but a lot of them do. And Isaiah Joe is going to be great to have on his squad. The next guy was Paul Reed. 
like Joe Paul Reed was a three star. You know, two hundred seventy one ranked in the nation. Um, DePaul, listen, I saw a lot of them because you know Big East played. They played Villanova, and DePaul was a tough team, tough, tough. And Paul Reed was that guy. You had to see Paul Reed. Paul Reed was listen. Paul Reed got down, and you want to talk about where Paul Reed his 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 numbers probably are better than Maxie's and Joe's. Like straight up, you talk about a guy. He played three seasons. He's a junior. His first year, you know, three point six. He only you know nine minutes a game. His second year, twenty six minutes. He starts scoring twelve points a game. Eight point five rebounds. One point five blocks. One point one steals. That's when everything started to kick up. More and more. Uh, forty percent from three. Seventy seven percent from the line. Fifty six percent from the field. His his third year. Look, we're talking about young guys. His percentage goes down to fifty one percent. All right, start shooting more shots. Sometimes that happens. 30% from three-point line. It went down from 40 to 30. 73% from the, from the free throw line when he shot 77 the year before in his sophomore year. But he averaged 15 points, 10 points, almost 11 rebounds. 1.9 steals. 2.6 blocks. Like, seriously. Getting a guy like this at 6'9", 220 is huge. A power forward right now. You got Mike Scott. He's there at the power forward position for Philly right now. I got that can shoot who I, I think needs to go ahead and start throwing them throwing them shots up, man. He needs to do it because we need shooters. He sees the shooters around us. He can only contribute better. When Mike Scott started hitting, this team is a different team. So it's good for Paul Reed to be around guys like Mike Scott, Tobias Harris, to teach him. He will definitely spend some time in the G League. They're not going to sit there and just – you know, let him sit on the bench and look. No, he'll be in the G League. This was a real good draft. I mean, what more could you ask for? Crazy part is, like Philadelphia does every year, they'll, they'll draft some good players and then trade them. Theo Melatine and Tyler Bay, I was like, wow, that's a great draft. They had a super draft and still traded some good players. Theo Melatine was looked at as one of the top point guards in the draft. He was looked at as a lottery pick. Early, the early projections for the 2020 draft. Early. Early. And then he did make it to the second round. His stock started to fall. Then let's look at Tyler Bay. I mean, some people thought he was going to be a mid-first round pick. And he, I knew it. I knew he was going to fall. And where he was, it was like, oh, Tyler Bay going right here. I, I mean, that's what happens in the draft. It's a lot of guys that are projected to be certain players, but everybody don't fit. It's just too many prospects. And some people got likeness for other prospects. And they were both traded. So, Philly traded uh, one of the international point guards, Vasily Mikic, uh, if I'm getting that right, Vasily Mikic. He's been a point guard that was 6'5". They, they drafted him years ago. Uh, some years ago, and um, he's been doing good overseas, so he'll he'll do some other places now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to look at that. So when we come back, listen, we definitely gonna talk about. We're gonna take a break soon, and we gonna bunk, go out to Buster Rhymes, Buster Bus, unbelievable album. Y'all gotta go get it. Listen, hip hop lives. <laughs> but listen, when we come back. That's one of the things I'm we definitely gonna talk about. Definitely gonna talk about like 
when you're talking about young players and free agents and free agency. I mean, really what they did in free agency was big. We're going to talk about their free agency. And just like they did in the draft, they still traded for some young players. They did. They traded for some young players. And it's good for them to stay young when you got a young nucleus. I think the big thing Daryl Morey is going to do, and he's promised, I think, no, we're not going to trade. Why would I trade? Why would I trade Ben Simmons? I mean, I think that's just the craziest thing in the world. Why would I trade Ben Simmons and and Joel Embiid? Two young stars before I get a chance to see what they're going to do for us. Like, that would be crazy. So, this is, and this is fun right now because Philly is now on a new height. They need it because we got a lot going on with the Eagles and, you know, the Phillies and, you know, to see what the, the Flyers lost in the playoffs. I mean, I think Philadelphia 76 is the closest team besides the Flyers that are next to win a championship. I mean, Philly's right there. Thing is that you got LeBron James right there. But if anybody can beat LeBron James, like Ben Simmons has proven and Joel have proven, they can do it. All right? So we're gonna when we come back, we're going to talk more about um, free agency, young players, and what could happen with this lineup. What's the, you know, what's the ceiling? So right, we're going to go back and follow it to y'all. Y'all, this is some Busta Rhymes. This track, I love it. It's called Boom. Let's go, y'all. Yeah, yeah, 
Welcome back. Ain't trying to pin Boom. Yeah, Buster Rhymes. Go get the extension level event two. The first one was a classic. This one another classic. That's just crazy. Buster Rhymes is the man, yo. He timeless. Anyway, we're back. Fire Leader Podcast, Sports Podcast. is your boy, Leader Johnson. And we're back to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. First guy we go to, Seth Curry. I have to get to him first, man. When I first saw Steph Curry, I was like, okay, it's his brother. And, you know, it's his brother. And then you start seeing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You really ain't, you know, excited about nothing. But more more years he played, he just got better and better. Seth just got better and better. And I was just like, damn, he could really shoot like his brother. I mean, he, the more he accumulated, then it, in 2015, 2016, it happened. Sacramento, 45% from the field. 6.8 points, that's it. But he only had 15.7 minutes a game. Shot 45% from the field. He's just not a guy that can shoot good from the three-point line. He actually shoots great from the field. He's just not a guy that's just shooting up threes and then hitting 41% from the field. He shoots great from both instances. Not only that, free throws. Like, the crazy part is, you know, he had that one year in 2016, 2017, where he had 29 minutes a game. He was shooting 10 shots a game only, and he still hit 48, 48% from the field and shot 42% from three-point line, 85% from three. He shot 12.8 points a game. Let's all get this. This guy can cook. You let him cook. Just imagine we're going to get to that point. I'm, I'm going to get to the point where I say that this could be, listen, we're talking about a guy that's about to break out. And with this team, we can get an extension. It could really happen. Like, we've been needing a guy that can score like J.J. Reddick. And this is the guy. He can shoot from anywhere. Again. and But this time, he's a guy that's proven to you he can connect. Like, at a, a high clip. You know, you look at Maxi. I'm trying to go back to Maxi. Trying to go back to Joe. These guys are shooters from anywhere, right? These guys will shoot it. They will score from anywhere. But the percentage don't add up with Maxi, right? He's a young guy. It happens. I've told you, Isaiah Joe, his went down the second year from 41% to 34, right? Well, look at Seth Curry. These Currys are percentage shooters. Real talk. You're looking at the Portland year when he had 18.9 minutes. He shot 45% from the field, 45% from three, 84% from the free throw line. 7.9 points a game, right? Comes back to Dallas. But this time he had 24 minutes a game. He wasn't shooting 10 shots, only 9. But he shot 49% from the field. 45% from 3. 82% from the free throw line. 12.4 points a game, again. So that should tell you something. It's Seth Curry, and we can, we can get to that. We can get to that. 36 minutes a game, he would have averaged 18 points a game. Per 36 points, 18 points a game per 36 minutes. That's what you're looking at. He's going to get 36 minutes. He's going to get around that time. He's going to get around 36. He's going to get his time to have 40 minutes. He's going to get his time to shine because now he's with Philly. And Philly looks to him as, see, in Dallas, you know, it took a minute for him to get those type of the confidence minutes. It really did. It took him a minute. And if you look at it, he just came back to Dallas. And instead of 29, he gets 24 minutes. And he stills almost at that... 13-point-a-game clip, 12.4 instead of 12.8. 
So you talking about a guy now? You put him in there as the a focal piece because they're gonna. He's the ultimate shooter. Look at Dallas. You had guys that had the, it was Luka Doncic. You had Porzingis. Of course, you had Matthews. Then it's like, okay, we got Curry. You can shoot. And they had to get Curry in there. And if you look at the bubble, Curry was one of the best players in the, in the bubble. He was running teams off. I mean, he was helping Dallas fend teams off. He's dueled with his brother. He's beaten his brother in the game. Like, Seth Curry is a winner in a real – he just needs a chance to play 30 minutes a game. If he plays 30 minutes a game and you let him be – if you give him the type of confidence that people give his brother to shoot, he'll score 20-something points a game. It's not even a question. He'll score 20 a game. Look at what he shoots from the field, from the three-point line. So now you put him with Philly. Ben, they're gonna, he's going to get the ball a whole lot. I could see about 14 attempts for him a game. And you're talking about 14 attempts. What is that going to do? 14 attempts for him is huge. Because, you know, if you give him the ball around those type of times to shoot, he can score up to 25 a game. He can give you 25 a game. If you make him your deadly score, you know, because right now you got Joel Embiid and you got Tobias Harris. Who's going to be your other score? Like Joel Embiid and Harris or your scores, but who's going to be that guy to take pressure away from them? It's going to be Seth Curry. And he's going to get all the opportunity to play. You let him get the ball about 14 attempts, you're looking at 23 points a game. Easy. Easy. He's a 20-point-a-game score, 23-point-a-game score, easy, if you give him 14 attempts. 36 minutes, 14 attempts, that guy is, oh, you, you got to come see Steph Curry. This is a big sign. Everybody like, roll. I heard one guy, S. Dot, my guy on Twitter, shout out to my guys on Twitter, role player. No, this is a guy that can score for real. He just says a guy that he's had to earn his way. People didn't know. They saw him shooting these threes. You see what, what year he kicked up. 2015, 2016 is the year people started letting him do his thing. That's the year that Steph Curry was born in the NBA. It's like, oh, this guy's for real. He's letting people know. But he wasn't getting minutes like that. He wasn't getting a possession like that, but he took advantage of every possession he had. That's playing basketball. We have a ball player. We don't just have a shooter to score. We have a ball player. Seth, I'm excited about Seth. Because, listen, Philly loved J.J. Reddick. What do you think they're going to do with Seth Curry? And he's a Curry? Oh, man. They're going to want him back. They're going to want Seth Curry back, man. So this is going to be something to look at. Really something to look at. You know, I wouldn't be sitting down. We, we talking about lineups, man. A lineup with Ben Simmons at Power 4 puts Tyrese Maxey and Seth Curry in there. You know, with a Danny Green on one side, that that's nothing but scores everywhere. Joel Embiid, that's big. That's huge. Let let Ben Simmons handle the rock. Let everybody run around and boom, boom, boom. He passed the ball. Ha, ha, ha. Then you're looking at Isaiah Joe. And that's a guy I can think about. Isaiah Joe is a guy I can say, listen, you can give Isaiah Joe the ball at the three. You can put Ben Simmons at the point guard position. You're bringing in Seth Curry. Isaiah Joe, Tobias Harris, to really make this some shooting, right? Like, it, it really looks big here. Now, the next guy is Danny Green. I'm going to have to I, – I'm glad we're here because the disrespect, I, I understand he was less than, you know, what you think he does. But the crazy part is he only averaged 8.9 points a game for his career. 
He had 10.3 the year before when he won the title with Toronto. He's won a title with San Antonio. He only what? With San Antonio. Let's, let's keep it one. Listen, he was drafted by Cleveland. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing no three. The first year he shot over, because he shoots over, he shoots 40% for his career. That's the first thing. So, cut your mouse. The second year he shot 36% from the field. But ever since then it was 43%. 42%. 41%. We talking about for the San Antonio Spurs, the, uh, another dynasty, 41% the next year. Then he shot 33% for San Antonio. You didn't hear nobody say that this guy isn't this, isn't that. Because he's also a defender. And, and what he doesn't do on offense, he makes up for on defense. Like, that's why he's such a key player, because you know he can play both sides of the floor. And that year he shot 33% from the field, from the three-point line. He shot four three-pointers a game, you know. Um, the next year, he shot 37% with San Antonio. The next year with San Antonio, he shot 36%. Four, and he shot almost five times from the field. When he shoots five and over, 45%, 41%. 4.7 three-point attempts in 2013-2014, 41%. 5.2 Shots a game from the three-point line, 42%. Let that man shoot. No more, no less. He shot 36%, almost 37%. It's not that bad. I mean, that's a good shooter. If you're shooting 4.8 attempts a game and you're able to hit almost two a game, you're a guy you need to watch out for. The year before that, he almost hit three a game, 2.5 a game. But he averages 1.9 made a year out of 4.7 attempts. Like, people expected more out of him. That's all it was. And then he also shot 41% from the field when he shot 46%. I think that right there was the big thing. Uh, shooting 36% shooting, um, from three. But he shot 52% of his two-pointers. I just think it's a big misunderstanding on how good of a player he is. No question. He shoots 42% from the field for his career. But what you need to understand is that Danny Green can ball. Everybody knows it. You give, you put him in the, listen, you put him on this team and you make him, and Philly is going to be a little bit different. This might be the best year of his career. I see him averaging double figures. I see 11 points a game from Danny Green. I see him shooting about 38 to 40%. I mean, I could see 41% from the field for Danny Green because this offense is going to be you. You got Danny Green with Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers plays to your strengths. Oh, Danny Green's going to do good. He's a vet. Doc Rivers is going to know where to play him. He's going to know exactly what to do with him. It's not going to be like with the Lakers. It's not. It's a different coaching um, period. When he played with great coaches like Greg Popovich, you see how he was. He gained most of those. Percentages from Popovich. Also, now he shot 68% from the free throw line. That, that's bad with L.A. But he's an 80% free throw shooter. So you know he's going to... Guys like, I tell you, shooters can shoot themselves out of seasons and in seasons. And this is just one of his bad seasons. But you got to be excited to have a guy like that because you know he's not going to be like that next year. You know he's going <laughs> to... Excuse me. You know he's going to end up hiccups, y'all. You know he's going to end up... Shooting better. When he shot 33% from the field, which is low, 
he shot 37% the next year. Then he shot 36%. Then he shot 45%. Now he's shooting 36 Listen, what's wrong with him? The year he shot 36% his second year, he shot 43%. He's a guy that will get it together. He's going to be a scorer. They're going to use him a lot. He's just not a guy like the Lakers had a lot of, for one, you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You got other guys around where you don't have to excessively lose, use Danny Green. But they use him for 24 minutes a game. You know why? Because he can defend also. And you could also know he's a shooter out there. So the right coach, which I think is Doc Rivers all day, I know it's Doc Rivers will bring the best out of him. Danny Green and Tobias Harris and Seth Curry are going to be three-point marksmen. Doc Rivers knows how to use Tobias Harris. He knows how to maximize players' talent. Y'all talking about all the Clippers, this and that? Listen, he developed a lot more. Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, he developed a lot more around there. That don't mean you get to a championship every time you're good at developing players. You don't mean you win one. It means you're good at developing players. And right now, he has a team that's championship caliber Right now, you got two young studs. People can say what they want, but they're not far at all from a championship. They're just a coach away, and I said it, a coach away from a championship. Doc Rivers is going to know what to do with NB, going to know what to do with Simmons. He's going to do all of them. So Danny Green gives you a guy with Seth Curry that can. they both can defend, they both can shoot. Another guy, Terrence Ferguson. Can, that was, I mean, Jesus, man. Oh, gosh. I can't tell you how much I like, and he shot 29% from three. But the second year he played, his first year he shot 33% from the field, averaged 12.5 points a game. The second year you saw a lot from him, 6.9 points a game. Um, 36% from three, 42% from the field. Last year it just wasn't 22 minutes, uh, 3.9 points a game, 75% from the free throw line, 29% from three, 35% from the field. Bad shooting year, and I know – People want to talk about it. They want to say things. You know, they got things they want to really talk about. Uh, as far as who's better, and, and this, and then have, have they got better? Yes, you got shooters. Your main, your main people are Ben Simmons, Terrence Ferguson is. Gonna, I think that's a guy we got to look at. He's very athletic. He's in his uh, fourth year. He's 6'6", 190. He can play small forward shooting guard. So, I think you can look for him. He won't be no, I don't think G League is going to be where he's at. I just don't think, I think he's had enough. We'll just see how that happens. I'm not saying it can't happen. But, if you look at it, you need a guy like him. From the two to the, that's why I say Isaiah Joe is going to be a lot of time in the G League. Because you already got a guy who got experience, who's been in the NBA three years, who's athletic as hell who can shoot the ball. You know what I mean? He can shoot the three. He's just not consistent last year. You know, he needs to work more being consistent. But he's a guy that will shoot that three and can hit that three. So it's always dangerous because he's a guy that can shoot it and will shoot it and can hit it. But he's an athletic monster. He can rise above everybody in the whole gym. You know what Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey and guys who are passing the ball going to do when they see this guy running the court, when this team runs the court? Terrence Ferguson is going to get time. It's going to be lineups that come in where he plays Terrence Ferguson with Ben Simmons or or, or Ben Simmons that's power forward with Terrence Ferguson and Tyrese Maxey or Terrence Ferguson and Shake Milton. It's going to be 
It's going to be time. Terrence Ferguson and Tobias Harris. They're going to make. It's going to be times where Thibault won't have to play small forward, and they're going to sit him down and put a more explosive unit in there. And Ferguson's one of those guys who can also three and D play defense. So now you got another score that you can do so much with on this team. Terrence Ferguson, I remember. Everybody should remember. Anybody out, remember that 2016 class, Ferguson was 16th ranked in that class. Second-ranked shooting guard. Texas again. Third guy out of Texas, so you get a guy from Texas, Tyrese Maxey. I'm sure Tyrese Maxey remembers Ferguson because he probably looked up to him. All right, this is the 20. This is a different class we got Tyrese Maxey coming out of. 2019, three classes ago, Tyrese Maxey was what, uh, 16, 15, 16? So when you were you were a young baller and you got guys ahead of you, you're looking up to those guys that are upper class to you. And Ferguson, was a, he was a colossal recruit, colossal. He came right out of, he went straight to overseas, didn't go to college, and then boom, here you go. He got drafted. So now you're looking at, he's had big games. You know, he's, he's had outstanding games. For OKC. Now you put him with Philly. You put him with a playoff team. A better playoff team. You put him around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He's going to get some buckets. You got scores now. You got dogs. All right. Then Philadelphia has Tony Bradley. Zyre Smith is gone. I tell people about Zyre Smith. You say what you want, man. He just got hurt and he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't. He got hurt. Never was able to really get... His full grasp on things because he always was getting hurt. Could never be brought up. He was about to be brought up to the roster. Then he got hurt. <laughs> like, it just didn't work out like this. So, hey, it is what it is. Uh, people say that was a bad pick. No, nobody knew he was going to get hurt. Like, come on. The guy had good games in the NBA. He had good games. When Shake Milton got brought up and started blossoming, that's when he took off in, in the G League. Started showing it. It's evident 12 a game. Really playing good. Playing hard. Showing his three-point shot. So now you got Tony Bradley. And this is big. Because Tony Bradley, 25th ranked player in his class. Coming out of high school. I mean, we talking about a five-star. For his career, it's interesting. For his career, he is... um. Shot 63% from the field. Last year, he shot 66% from the field. 4.9 points, 4.6 assists. He was just traded on draft night to Detroit. Now he's traded to the Sixers. Tony Bradley can ball. He's had big games. He can shot block. Like, if y'all don't know it, y'all need to get to know Tony Bradley. Because a 6'11", 248 guy, a 6'11", 250 guy, is a guy that you need. to. And I don't think, we're looking at, what could happen? Because you got Dwight Howard. So you know there's another guy we're going to talk about in a minute. So you know that he's not going to sit up there and take minutes from Dwight. But Tony Bradley, that's beef in there. Tony With Paul Reed, Tony Bradley, Dwight Howard, that's beef. We went out and got shooters and got beef. Now you have a roster. I still think a, a veteran guard is going to come. But Tony Bradley can ball. You look at per 30. 36 minutes looking at him. He's a 15.14 rebound guy. Like, that's what you're looking at right now. His second season in the NBA, he was a 17.15 rebound guy. Like, we talk about per 36 minutes. Averaging 20 a game if you give him the ball more. Let him shoot 13 attempts. 
have 13 attempts in those seasons. He's averaging 20 a game. He's really a good player. He was that, you know, because North Carolina had a lot of good players on their team. And Tony Bradley was one of them. You know, Nova beat the team. Then they end up, North Carolina ended up getting them one. Like, Tony Bradley was a, he's an underrated pickup. Him and Ferguson, because I feel like people are not looking at them because they're young bucks. And they're both five stars. Both of them were five stars. And they're both very talented. Very ta- Now you put them with Doc Rivers. Oh, man. Now, we go to Dwight Howard. Whew. His, he shot a career-high 72.9% from the field. 7.5 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.1 blocks. How important is that? You give a guy 36 minutes, he's averaging 14 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks. It's just as simple as that. So now you got a guy who's a championship pedigree. He's played with some of the great players. He's played on teams. I mean, if you really want to talk about it, his career, he's still averaging 18 points and 13 rebounds. For his whole career, that, that's amazing. 2.1 block, that's amazing. But the year before that, with Washington, he had 18 points a game. 13 rebounds. Per 36. What did he score? 12.8 points and 9.2 rebounds. Before then, with Charlotte, 16.6 points, 12.5 rebounds. 1.6 blocks. Looking like the old Dwight. 13.5 points, 12.7 rebounds with Atlanta. 1.2 blocks. You're looking at Houston, 13.5 points a game, 13.7 points a game, 12.7 rebounds, 11.8 rebounds. I just really think if you look at the um, Houston Rockets and the teams he's played, like every year, even when he he left Orlando and, you know, the injuries was kicking up and it was bad, but then he came back. And Dwight Howard can still ball. He always proves it. Now you put him with Joel Embiid. Do you know how good it is to have a secondary center in there? In case Joel gets hurt, you got a guy like Dwight Howard who will come in there and be a rebounder, shot blocker, and score in the post. Give Joel some rest. Put Dwight Howard in there. It's just a big, I mean, this is a good team. It's a good team. Then you want to talk about the guys who are here, Shake Milton, Mike Stiebel, Mike Scott. This team is ready. This team is ready. They have the scores. They have the shooters now. They have the size. Because I was really worried. We're talking about shooters and stuff. We had some scores. If Brown just didn't know what to do and coach these guys where he should, not the guys he got, but one thing we didn't have was size. I love the size. We need size. I think size is totally underrated. Totally underrated.
I think people will. I think what Philly did right now, when you when you come into the season, you are looking at you're looking at Dwight Howard and Mike Scott and Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and you still got the luxury of the uh, the biggest Swiss Army knife I ever saw in my life in Ben Simmons, small forward, power forward, point guard, center. You can play him any of the positions and he can be a playmaker. And he can impact. But when you got Paul Reed and Tony Braley sitting in the cut, that's that's good size. Now Paul Reed is a young boy. He's a young boy. He can play. But he hasn't been battle tested in the NBA yet. But rightfully so, Tony Bradley has. So that's another big body. He's he's impacted. He's had big games. That's another big body in there. This is all good for Philly. This is all good for the Sixers, and this team is ready. And right now, if you want to tell me who I think are challenging, of course, Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's the main team. I don't think Milwaukee. Miami's going to do it. You know, I'm, Miami's tough. You got to give them their respect. But it's Brooklyn who I'm worried about. And I think Philly, Seth Curry's going to – who do I – let's talk about the averages. I think Ben Simmons averaged 18 points a game this year. Uh Nine rebounds, nine assists, possibly ten assists, but I'm gonna go eighteen, nine, and nine right now. There's gonna be a time in his career where he's gonna be getting ten rebounds a game. It could be next year. He could get eighteen, ten, and ten. I think he's a guy that can average a triple double when he gets the right players around him to where he can pass to him and score, and then he's able to focus on other things. Especially, I see the ten rebounds because he'll be spending time in the inside a lot. To where he can get some rebounds. I see it. Now, I ain't talking about like certain games the inside, certain games. No, it'll be games where he'd be on the outside, inside at the same time. So you're looking at a guy that can average a triple double. As soon as he, I just see it. He can, he can speak and pass with the best of them. Top three pass in the league. It's about passer, not, not average assist a game type of passer he is. One of the top three passes in the basketball. You talk about rebounds. You talk about rebounds, man. He's 6'10", mismatch prop. Soon, he's definitely going to average. If he don't average, if he don't average 10 assists, he's going to average 10 rebounds. But I think it's going to be a time where he averages triple doubles. Like Russell Westbrook just got up and started doing it. I think Ben Simmons, it's, it's inevitable. I mean, he's 6'10", he can do it all. You're looking at Seth Curry? I think Seth Curry averages 20 a game. I'm sorry. 18 or 20. Between 18 and 20. Because he's going to be dependent on so much to be that scorer. More than he ever has in his career. To be that shooter when Joel Embiid is posting people up. When Ben Simmons is driving. They're going to be looking for that shooter. And Seth Curry is the best shooter in the league percentage-wise. So I say between 18 and 20 points a game for him. Danny Green, I see 11 points a game. Tobias Harris, I see about 23, 23 points a game. I'm going to go with 23. Joel Embiid, yes. Uh, the limits is sky for him. He's the guy that's hardest to judge. He's so hard to judge. Now I'm going to say about 25, 26 points a game and about 12, 13 rebounds for him. I think 25, I'm going to go with 26. I'm going to go out on 26 and 13, two blocks, Joel Embiid. 
Because he can score 28 a game, really. I mean, he the limits of skate could get 30 a game for you. That's how good and dominant Joel Embiid is. You know, but we can't call that yet. I'm, I'm going to call 26 points a game with 13 rebounds. With these shooters, they're going to have to pay attention to Danny Green and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris on the outside now. And it's going to be a problem. So you're going to have to really worry about them because they're going to hit. They're going to the, – the, the rivers, the scheme, and the way he's going to develop these guys, they're all going to hit. He's going to play to all their strengths, and these guys are going to really cook. Dwight Howard, I think he averages eight points a game. I think um, off the bench, I think Tyrese Maxey averages eight points a game. I think Shake Milton off the bench averages 11. I think he, I think he's that guy that's going to do that. Mike Scott averages seven, six or seven points a game. I think Machi Stabo does the same thing. So we're looking at some good scoring from this squad. I think it just happens. Like I think it's really going to happen to that point. And I still think that Tyrese Maxey can score 10 points a game. <laughs> I do. I think Tyrese Maxey can score 10 points a game. But I'm going to say 8 right now. So look, y'all. This is bit, I'm, I'm glad to be back and um to, to, to get to y'all about what Philly's talking about. I say a veteran guard could get... Um, Pursue. I think it's very possible they don't have a, another veteran. They signed a lot of veterans. Uh, uh, Dwight Howard's a veteran in the front court. We're with Danny Green. Okay, that's good to go with Tobias. It's good for uh, guys like Paul Reed. That's good for guys like um, Matisse Stiebel, Mike Scott, and, and, and Tobias Harris on alone. You know, it's good for guys like Joel Embiid to have Howard around. But you look at the the front court. It's not really. It's no vets. You need a vet. I think. I mean, you don't need one, but it's very, very. Uh, I, I think that's uh, important to have somebody around there with them. They was going to DJ Augustine at one time, so they let and he got end up getting signed. So that lets you know that they are going for a veteran guard somewhere. All right, y'all. I'm out, man. Um, y'all tune. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Leader Johnson, man. I'm out. Follow the leader.